Thanks for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. Today, we are continuing Growing Deeper, a series on Romans 121. Pastor Duane is reversing the steps of turning away from God to show us how to grow closer to Him. This week, we're looking at the part of the verse that says, they became vain in their imaginations. Our imagination is what we see in our mind's eye. What we spend our time thinking about fills our imaginations. The Bible tells us that in order to be different from this world, we must change the way we think, and we do that by the power of meditation. Let's see how. We're in a series we're just calling Growing Deeper. In Psalms 42 in verse 7, it says, deep calls to deep. Uh, I, I was thinking this morning, I, I came in and uh, the, the worship team was up here and they were worshiping God. And immediately, as I'm just listening, just something just starts flowing out of my spirit. I just start worshiping God. It's deep calling to deep. Uh, but no matter where you are in God, right, there's a next step. No matter where you are in God, you can go deeper. There's more. Um, but your, our relationship with God is like the ocean. We're standing on the shore and we're looking, but you just need to realize it just goes on forever. And that's the way it is with our relationship with God. It's a prophet Ezekiel who tells it, who, who compares our relationship to God to a river. He says, you can go in up to your ankles. You can go in up to your knees. He said, you can go in up to your waist. He said, but you can go in where you're just swimming. It is over your head, right? And that's how a relationship with God should be. So we're, we're using as a springboard text, Romans chapter one, verse 21. And here we find progressive steps away from God, where it says this, Although they knew God, they glorified him not as God, nor were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So four steps away from God, not glorifying him as God, not being thankful, becoming vain in your imagination, and then lastly, your heart becoming darkened. Darkened. Well, if you turn those around, they are literally steps to going deeper in God. First of all, glorify him as God, and we talked about that. The number one way that we glorify him is to prize and value his word. Secondly, be thankful. And then today, recognize the power of your imagination, or really a, the way we can say it is this, meditate on the word of God. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll get to how to have a good heart. So they become vain in their imagination. It doesn't mean their imagination isn't working. It's working against them. See, your imagination can work for you, but your imagination can work against you. And it's working against them because of the wrong use. And it's leading them into sin and it's leading them away from God. I had a, a meeting this morning, as we normally do, uh, with a couple of our, our, our key, key staff people at eight this morning, and we're talking a little bit about what we were going to do. And uh, Pastor Bernie was there, and he says, yeah, you see, yeah, most people just use their imagination to sin. Hello? 
You see, you, you, you conceive it, right? You water it with your imagination, and then it, it literally, it comes to pass. You see, where the mind, where the imagination goes, the man or the woman follows. Right? Where your imagination goes, you are going to move in the direction of your dominant thoughts. So we need to recognize the power of meditation, the power of meditating on God's word. Psalms 1, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sitters, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, by the way, your delight, you say, what's my delight? Well, your delight is what you do whenever you get a little extra time. What, what is it when you've got a few extra minutes, what is it you're going to do? What is it you are going to make time for? How many heard people say, I don't have time? But you have time for what you want to make time for. So your delight is what you do there when you've got that time, when you, what you make time for. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So where do we meditate? In his law, in his word, in the Bible. You say, well, why would I do that? Well, I think 2 Timothy explains it really well. He said, every part of scriptures God breathed, and it is useful in one way or another, showing us truth. Now, we live in a society that doesn't even believe in absolute truth. But God's word is absolute truth. Right? It exposes our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we're put together and shaped for the task God has for us. So as you meditate on God's word, it's going to correct you. It's going to show you truth. It's going to expose your rebellion. It's going to show you or train you to live God's way. And it is going to put you together so you can do God's purpose for your life. That's what happens when we meditate in God's word. As a man, and it means man or woman, thinks in their heart, so, so you are. As you think in your heart, so are you. And as I said, where the mind goes, the man or the woman will follow. Now, I'm just going to tell you something. You could not tempt me to do drugs. You just couldn't. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't ever get me to the place, but you know what? I haven't thought a lot about drugs. In fact, all the thoughts I've thought about drugs are how to get away from them. You, you could not get me to take drugs. You couldn't do it. All right? I'm going to tell you another thing. You could not get me to commit adultery. I don't care what you do. You say, why? Because my mind has been going the opposite direction. Things I'm meditating on is I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish my course in God, and I am not going to get mixed up. Right? But that's where my mind's going. So, so if my mind's not going in that direction, you can't get me to go like that. It's not going to happen. You, you don't fall into sin. You conceive sin. You conceive it, and it grows. You, you meditate on it. You're thinking about it. And then, yeah, yeah, you give birth to it. Where your mind goes, you're going to go. As you think in your heart, 
so are you. Um, I think a really good example of this is found in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. And, and what we have is we have the prophet Elijah. He goes to the king Ahab and he said, there will be no rain and no dew these years until I say so. But the king thinks he's nuts. He walks out and lo and behold, no rain, no dew. After a while, the king's like, that guy, we got to find him. They send, the Bible says, to every nation. And they're trying to find him. They can't find him. But God has him hidden. And every day, a raven shows up every morning and every evening with a whopper. <laughs> Bread and meat. The only thing lacking is ketchup. You know that. <laughs> the will of God, ketchup. I haven't told this story for a long time, so I'm going to tell you a story. So those of you who don't know, I love ketchup. Now, Jeannie is beginning to get me delivered, but I'm not there yet for sure. All right. So several years ago, a uh, restaurant down here on 44th Street, I'm sitting there with, with, with one of the men from church, and we're, we're having lunch, and I was eating a steak, and, and uh, I, I believe in baptizing that steak. <laughs> and, and not like Presbyterians, you know, they just kind of sprinkle things, you know. I, I'm, like a, I'm like a Baptist. I'm submersion. All right. So it comes time for the bill. And, and I asked the waitress for the bill. And uh, she said, that guy over there, he paid for it. And I looked at him and I thought, who is that? He comes over and takes out his card. And he is the Heinz ketchup salesman. <laughs> true story. He says, I have never seen anyone enjoy ketchup as much as you. He said, and I just had to buy your lunch. <laughs> He's like, who are you? I said, well, I passed through a church just up the street. He came the next week and got saved. Right? And I told this story 10 years later, and he was in the congregation. And he's still serving God today. Still serving God today. So God can even use ketchup. How did I get off on that? Oh, yeah. I know. The, the, the prophet, the bread and meat, you know, every morning. Well, then the stream where he's at dries up. And God sends him to a widow in Seraphat. And you know the story supernaturally. Her meal and her flower multiply every day. She has a continuous miracle. Not just a miracle, but a continuous miracle. Every time she put her hand in the bin, there was more flour. And every time she, she poured oil out of that cruise, there was more. She couldn't use it up. Well, finally, God says, go show yourself to the king. They get together, the nation, the prophets of Baal, Elijah prays, fire falls from heaven, consumes the sacrifice. They kill the 450 prophets of Baal. He goes up on top of the mountain. He prays. It begins to storm. The rain comes and the spirit of God, the Bible says, came on the prophet and he outran the king's chariot from Mount Carmel to Jezreel, 18 miles. He outruns the king's chariot. And the queen sends word. And this is what she said. So let the gods do to me and more also, if I don't make your life like one of them, one of those prophets you killed by tomorrow about this time. So she threatens him. And this is what the Bible says. When he saw that. When he saw what? What she said. He saw that wicked queen sending her army after him, capturing him, 
and killing him. He saw it. You, you know, you don't, you don't think in words, you think in pictures, right? If I say dog, everybody here thinks of a dog. But if I say a big dog, for a lot of you, your chihuahua's out. But if I say a black, big black dog, now it's picture changes. And I say with white spots and it changes again. The picture changes. So when she said that, he saw, he saw a picture of himself being killed. When he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Now think about this. All the miracles that have just taken place. This guy's on a roll. All right. He is on a roll, but yet when his thinking went sideways, he went sideways. And finally, God says, what in the world? He runs off. He's at this mountain and God says, what in the world are you doing here? Because that was not where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be turning a nation to God, but he moved in the direction of his dominant thought. And you and I will do the same thing. Joshua chapter one, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So the Bible is literally commanding you and I to meditate in God's word day and night. So here's what that means. That means you can control your thoughts. You can control what thoughts you meditate on. Now, tradition says that Martin Luther said this first. He said, you can't stop birds from, from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. You can't stop a thought from showing up, but you can stop that thought from parking and meditating on it. So the Bible tells us we need to control our thoughts. He says, you need to meditate in God's word day and night. Now, I want to say something about this. Now, when Jesus tells the parable of the sower, he, he goes on and he says, you know, the, the kingdom of God is like a man who sows seed in, the, in his field and he goes and he rests and he gets up. He says, and the, the seed, the soil, he said, it produces crops. Jesus said, by itself, right? In the Greek, we can just say it this way, automatically. It produces fruit automatically. So what you are putting in your heart, your heart is going to produce. Right? So if, you're, if you are putting fear into your heart, if you are watching constant negative news right? and they're putting fear inside you, you know what your heart is going to produce? It's going to produce fear. Right? If you're getting on your device and you're going to pornographic websites, you are sowing a seed inside your heart that is going to produce lust. You say, but I don't want to. Yeah, but it's automatic because that's what you sowed. What you sow will automatically be produced. So whether it's fear, whether it's greed, whether it's lust, whatever we sow in our heart, our heart will automatically produce. So God's telling us, what do we need to be constantly meditating and thinking on, constantly sowing into our heart? His word, right? That you may, okay, meditate in his word day and night, that you may observe. So here's what's going to happen. When you meditate, the purpose of meditation is not just that you get revelation, 
But the purpose of meditation is that the revelation come and then you do. You do. You do what the word is telling you that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So let me give you an example. Mark 16. According to Mark, these are the last words of Jesus. And he says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So if you're going to meditate on that scripture, you just, come, you, you, you just see yourself laying hands on people. You just see yourself doing it again and again and again. And you see them get well. You see them recover. You say, when am I doing it enough? I, I've kind of figured it out for my, me personally. When I start dreaming that I'm praying for people all the time and they're getting healed, that's when I'm probably doing about right. When it literally invades your life, when it gets into your, your sleep life, you're probably doing a good job of meditating. But you've got to see yourself laying hands on the sick and see them recover. The dictionary defines meditation this way. To talk with yourself, to mutter, it's an inward and outward conversation. To meditate means to study, to chew, to think over, to ponder, to muse, to reflect, to mull over, to speculate, to think deeply, to think out, to think up, to dream up, and to hatch. Ooh, I like that. Christian meditation is totally the opposite of Eastern religion meditation. In Eastern religion, they tell you to empty yourself of all your thoughts and all your desires. In fact, they'll tell you the reason for evil is desire. Where Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. So in Eastern thought, you empty in meditation, you empty yourself of all your thoughts. You know, get in that lotus position. Hum. Okay. But Bible meditation is you fill your mind, but you fill it with God's word and applying God's word to your life. And again, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. If you have been bitter and offended, you know how to meditate negatively. All right. But you thinking about what happened. You're thinking about how it hurt. You're thinking about how to pay them back. You're thinking about what they deserve. You're just coming at it from every angle. That's what meditation does. Terry Foy said this, according to studies, the average person talks to him or herself 50,000 times a day. And 80% of that self-talk is negative. We're telling ourselves things like, they don't like me, you know? I'm cut out of, the, of a, a possibility of promotion. I'll never get promoted. I'm a terrible speaker. I'm always late. I can never get organized. Those are negative thoughts. But what God's word is supposed to do is change the way you see yourself and change your expectation. The way that we change is by changing the way we think. I've told this story before, but I just think it applies so well. This was years ago, back in the old sanctuary. So over 15 years ago, 
I was hanging around after a service, talked with a couple of people, prayed for a few people. And there was a man who came down the aisle and stood back about four or five rows. He waited for everybody else to leave. And he came up to me. And by the time he came to me, there are literally there are tears streaming down his face. And he said, Pastor, he said, I'm committing adultery. I have been, I think it was for a year and a half. He says, uh, he says I, I can't quit. He said, I don't even want to. He said, but I, I just can't quit. Will you pray for me? And I said, I said, well, I can pray for you, but it won't do any good. Now, I said that to shock him. But here's what people think. You can pray and change. The Bible doesn't say that you're changed by prayer. Got that? The Bible does not say you're changed by prayer. Romans 12, verse 2. See, it says, be transformed by changing the way you think. If you're, if you, whatever sin we're living in, it's because we believe a lie. We believe a lie. We believe that is better than God's way. So when I said to him, I'll pray for you, but it won't do any good. He was like, what do you mean? I said, this is what you need to do. I said, every day, read Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 7. You say, what are those? Those are the two Proverbs that talk about sexual sin and where it will take you and the consequences. And I said, in every week, you need to read the story of Samson and what sexual sin cost him and the story of David and Bathsheba and what sexual sin cost him. I said, and if you'll do that and you'll meditate on that, I said, it will change how you think. Be transformed by changing the way you think. And that's what meditation in God's word is. It's changing the way that we think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your life will tend to move in the direction of your thoughts. Jesus said this, Mark 4, this is an amplified translation. Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear. Now, you should read your Bible, but you need to do more than read your Bible. You need to meditate in your Bible, right? Notice Jesus said thought and study. That's part of meditation that you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. Now, notice Jesus said that when you're studying the word, when, when you're meditating in the word of God, that something's going to happen. There's going to be virtue and there's going to be knowledge. Virtue literally can be translated this way in that verse. Anointing, power, understanding, results. Results. Moral excellence, grace, benefit, and faith. It doesn't come just when you quickly read it. It comes as you meditate on the word of God. And then notice he said the knowledge, through the knowledge. In 2 Peter 1, it says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Savior. So as we meditate in the word, 
the word is going to make a difference in our life, right? Rick Warren says that a, a synonym of meditation, and this is true, is rumination. And rumination is what a cow does. A cow will go out in that green pasture and grab some grass and start chewing on that grass. But then it'll go lay down and it will regurgitate what it already ate and chew it again. And it's getting every bit of nutrition, every vitamin, every mineral, everything that it possibly can out of that food that it is literally just, just regurgitated. Literally, you can read and study a verse a thousand times and there's still more. There is still more inside. And there's what you've already received, but it gets strengthened. Yesterday, I got a call from a, a pastor in uh, Battle Creek, and he said, uh, hey, I, I want to come up and have lunch. And so uh, we went to lunch, and I had salmon. Love salmon. I'm going to have lunch today with Nate and David, and I'm going to have salmon. All right? And tomorrow, if I get to go to lunch, I'm going to have salmon. You say, why? I like salmon. And just because I had salmon once doesn't mean, well, I've had that. I'm not going to. That's how people are with the Bible. Well, I've already heard about that John 3, 16. Well, that's dumb. Because there's more in John 6, 3, 16, and what you've already got, you need to have reinforced. Every time that we get in that word of God, it keeps on feeding us more and more and more. Now, in Matthew 16, Jesus, he, he comes into the area of Caesarea Philippi, and he says to his disciples, he says, who do people say that I am? And some said, well, some think you're John the Baptist risen from the dead, or Elijah, or you might even be Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. But he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. So he's saying, literally, you received a revelation. And you didn't receive it just by studying. You didn't receive it because somebody told you. He said, you received it straight from the Spirit of God. And that is what happens when we meditate. We receive revelation knowledge. The Holy Spirit becomes to come and quicken things to us. The psalmist said this in Psalm 39, my heart was hot within me while I was musing or meditating. The fire burned, right? And then I spoke with my tongue. So as he's meditating, the fire burns. Something on the inside of you just gets hot. There's revelation. The Spirit of God is coming. He is blessing you. He's strengthening you. He's revealing things to you. There's anointing coming. There's understanding coming. There's grace. There's benefit. There's faith. Things are coming as you meditate in the Word of God. It begins to move on the inside of you. Now, I'm going to close with this verse. James chapter 1. Honey, would you, would you come up here? James 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks perfectly into the law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work or of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. So literally, God's word is like a mirror. Now, if you get up in the morning and you go and stand before the mirror and your hair, I don't have this problem. I, do. I haven't combed my hair in 10 years. It's true. All right. But uh, I get up in the, in the morning, you know, and I, I got a big old, got to shave my whiskers. And, and if there's a crusty coming out of my nose and I just look at the mirror and go, oh yeah, crusty and just take off. How many know it didn't do any good? But God's word is like a mirror and it will show you who you really are. It will show you the blessings that God has for you. It'll show you God's purpose for your life, right? And you can be a forgetful hearer. You can be in front of that mirror of God's word and you can see it and you can walk away and do nothing. But when you meditate on the word of God, you meditate to that you may observe to do, do. You recognize that's who I am. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do, right? And you remember, and you begin to do the word. You begin to see who you are. You're, you're not a victim. You are an overcomer. That's who you are, right? You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed when you go in and you are blessed when you go out. You begin to see who you are. You begin to act like who you are and you will be blessed. You will be blessed and there will be victory and there will be peace and there will be provision and there will be healing and there will be deliverance, right? But we can't forget who we are. So we were with some friends this week and we were talking about this and uh, Jeannie had written a little poem about it. So I asked her to come up and read the poem. They said you should read it, but I thought she wrote it. She ought to read it. All right. Okay. And um, he doesn't want me to say this, but... I'm here oh, and I have the mic no, now. I don't want you to say it. I don't even know what you're going to say. Well, say it. he just wanted me to read the poem, but I have to add two bits. Um, <laughs> third John 9 says, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. And he says, anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. And so that looking in the mirror and seeing not just the outside, but seeing another image. I see, I have an image on the inside and it doesn't have crusties and fuzzy hair. I, so I fix the out, I, I make decisions that affect the outside from what the image on the inside me is. And I love that seeing God changes what you do, what you're able to do. And so that's when I wrote this poem. Um, it says, mirror, mirror on the wall, you tell me what I'm not at all. For though the outside facts you show, there's more to me, I'll have you know. What counts is what's inside of me, and it affects the part you see. If my thoughts are failure and hurt, the one you see will look like dirt. But if I choose to think God's thoughts about myself, I'll change a lot. And bit by bit, I can become the spitting image of his son. See, I want to thank you for being with us today. But I want to ask you a question. I want to ask if you're right with God. Some of you, you're away from the Lord. At one time, you lived for him. Others, 
you don't know where you stand with God. But the Bible says this. It says, know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we're right with God. We're supposed to know today, right now, that you're forgiven and right with God. And if you don't know, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. Or you're away from God and you say, I want to get right with God. I want you to repeat these words with me. Just say, from your heart, just say this. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord. I thank you I'm forgiven, a part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you really are right with God. You're forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. Now, I wrote a book, and I want you to have a free copy of that book. You can download that book. Information is right there on your screen. Or you can contact us, and we'll get you a hard copy. We love you, and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you are making one of the best decisions of your life, and we're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can also find the audio version on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all over the world with the truth of God's Word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways you can give. Text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Visit walkingbyfaith.tv give or click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. I pray you begin to meditate on the Word of God this week and it brings revival to your life. See you next time.